Hello and welcome everyone to the Bring the Sting podcast. As always, I'm your host, Evan Birchmore, coming at you on Monday, October the 10th, 2022. And on today's episode, our player preview series continues with the Kai Jones preview episode. I will speak about Kai Jones' performance last season. I'll speak about what I believe he can do this year and what I believe he needs to focus on improving the most in order to make it a successful campaign. Ladies and gentlemen, before we dive into that, though, a few housekeeping items, if you will. Nine days away from tip-off of Hornets basketball. It'll be here before you know it. In the blink of an eye, October the 19th is tip-off in San Antonio against the San Antonio Spurs. And with that said, let's continue our jersey number countdown with the number nine jersey. It's all started with Kevin Lynch in 1992, Willie Burton in 1999, Dale Ellis in 2000, Doug Overton in 2001, George Lynch in 02, Jamario Moon in 2012, Gerald Henderson from 2013 to 2015, Aaron Harrison in 2016, Mango Mathiang in 2018, Tony Parker in 2019, Willie Hernan Gomez in 2020, and Brad Wanamaker in 2021. Plenty of players rocking the number nine coming through Charlotte. Tony Parker, a guy... Hornets fans, of course, remember he was here, but still fear, still feels just so odd that he was in Charlotte. You know, one of the more unique, I think, endings to a career when Tony Parker came to Charlotte. But I digress. The number nine jersey, nine days away from tip-off. Had a blast doing the jersey number countdown. For those of you who follow on Twitter, we've been doing it over there as well. So that will certainly be an aspect of these episodes that I will miss dearly when the season begins. Continuing on from that, Basketball is here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Preseason basketball in Spectrum Center in Charlotte. The Washington Wizards in town to take on the Hornets. The now 0-3 Hornets, since the last time we spoke, did drop that contest Friday night against the Celtics up in Greensboro. Put up a much better performance, I think, than they did in the first two contests, but ultimately just got away from them. Um, You know, overall takeaways so far, James Booknight, it's been a struggle for him. I don't think that's any sort of a big secret. He's got to improve. The numbers are just are, are just bad. I mean, he's two for twenty two right now, I believe, from the field. More turnovers than made shots. Uh, has not made a three yet in preseason, I believe. So uh, again, it's been a very bumpy ride, and I apologize for not having those numbers in front of me. I know I have dug them up for uh, for articles over on the website, but I digress. It, it, that's got to improve. Um, in terms of positives, I do think that Mark Williams did some better things last time out. I think Mello looked very good. Terry did some good things. Kelly has looked, you know, pretty consistent, which is a good thing. Mason Plumley, again, for all his faults, I think he's actually played fairly well in the preseason. Um, I would have loved to have seen some more of Dennis Smith Jr. here in the preseason, kind of see what the rest of the guys would look like with him operating as the backup point guard. Because again, the 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 point guard is the quarterback of a basketball team, right? He he sets the table for everybody else. And all these guys play off LaMelo. And then when you get with the second unit, when LaMelo's not out there, it really impacts everybody. It's not just whoever's running the point, right? Again, it's the, 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 the point guard has the ability more than any other position to elevate others around him. And in the lack, in the absence rather of a point guard, others will, We'll slide back. We'll take a you know a back seat. We'll kind of we'll kind of slip a little bit, right? So, you know whether you put Terry out there playing point guard or Cody Martin or James Booknight, all of those guys are two guards, right? 
And they all have different skill sets, but none of them really is a pure point. Dennis Smith Jr., for all of his faults, is more of a point guard than those names I just mentioned. So having him available to at least set the table for everybody else, that's you will see in the regular season when Melo is off the floor, off the court, getting a break, you'll see how Dennis Smith Jr. is able to at least kind of keep everything operational, right? Things won't just fall apart when LaMelo is not in the game. And that's not saying that Dennis Smith Jr. is, again, some you know franchise-changing kind of a player, but just having somebody to come run the offense right from the point guard position, it's just so important. So, again, I would have loved to have had him out there the past few nights. Uh, no Bradley Beal tonight for the Wizards. He is in COVID protocol, so... You know, obviously hoping for him to to clear that soon. You hate seeing guys have to be in the protocol, but, you know, unfortunately it is the reality as well. So he will be out. That's very significant tonight. And maybe, you know, Hornets need to at least pick up one win. I talked about it. You know, don't don't draw too much off of winning or losing a preseason game, right? It, it really doesn't count ultimately, but you would hate to go 0-5. You'd hate to go 0 for, right? I mean, I, I just really think at that point, again, wins and losses, they don't count, but Again, what kind of a tone are you setting when you go 0-5 in the preseason going into a year after the kind of offseason you've had to at least have some positive momentum because you got to go to Philadelphia on Wednesday and play. And, you know, could you win? Yes, but on your home floor against the Wizards without their best player, that's a much more winnable game. So take care of your business tonight. Give the fans something to cheer about in Uptown at the Hive tonight. Speaking of the Hive, guys, Great time yesterday out at Purple and Teal Day, the scrimmage that the Hornets do annually. We were able to make it out, had a blast. You know, some key, again, takeaways. It was a, it was, they really, they didn't even do the scrimmage part of it this year. Uh, again, it's, it's mostly just for, for show and for fun. And, and, and it was really great to get out there. You know, Steve Clifford did speak a little bit and it was kind of just your generic, you know, coach speak, but good, good to hear him, you know, emphasize that he wants a team the fans can be proud of, which is something that I've spoken about before on the show as well. LaMelo spoke to the crowd as well as obviously your franchise player. Uh, Gordon Hayward was out there doing some stuff as well. Good to see him, you know, looked mobile and we all understand the precautions being taken with him. So he did look good. Looks like he should be ready to go for opening night. Uh, Really the only true basketball sort of a you know, takeaway you could have even as, you know, Terry Rozier and LaMelo did a, a three-point shootout and LaMelo won, uh, I believe it was 10 to 8, if I'm not mistaken, in the final count for that. So, you know, a three-point shootout, both guys, you know, the strokes looked pure, nothing new on that front. We both know they can shoot the rock from deep. Uh, Kai Jones has some dance moves, though. The guy who we'll be talking about on this episode, they had a, a little uh, dance competition, if you will. Kai Jones killed it. Kai Jones just you know, got out midcourt, broke it down, and, and and the crowd went nuts. That was maybe the biggest cheer all afternoon was for Kai Jones hitting the dance floor. So hats off to him. He's such he's a guy who, you know, the charisma, the fun-loving attitude that guy has, I love it. You know, I know the other guys on the team love it. He's a, a fun-loving guy. Just seems like he's a good dude overall, you know, a guy who you would like to hang out with and a guy who's going to be a good player down the road. And speaking of that, let's go ahead and dive on into him. Ladies and gentlemen, Kai Jones, again, the second-year man out of Texas from the Bahamas originally a year ago with the Hornets. Guys appeared in 21 games, just three minutes per night, one point, half of a rebound per night, uh, shot 50% from three, 64% from the floor overall. 
at Texas, though, two-year guy at Texas, his uh, second year at Texas, so right before he entered the draft, 8.8 points, 4.8 rebounds, 69% from the foul line, 38% from deep, 58% from the floor overall. Actually did not start on a consistent basis. Came off the bench mostly. You know, 26 games, only started in four of those, but did play 23 minutes a night. So he was he was kind of a, a super sub, if you want to call it that, right? A guy who did get extended run, even if he did not start in those games necessarily. Now, last year at the G League level in Greensboro, 24 games, played 32 minutes per night, 18.3 points, 10.8 rebounds per night, 2.2 blocks per night as well, shot 29.4% from three, so that's not great, but you know at least can knock it down on, a, on occasion, 62% from the floor overall, which to me sticks out. That, fa- that, that factors in the three-point shooting, right? So if you remove the three-point shooting, his just two points, so th- within the three-point arc, made 72.5% of his shots in Greensboro. That is astounding. And from the foul line, 63.6%. So again, serviceable for a big guy, although you would like to see that get a little higher with the course of time. Now in the uh, Summer League this year, out in Las Vegas, ladies and gentlemen, in Summer League, five games, played 20 minutes per night, put up averages of 6.4 rebounds per night, did score at an 8.6 points per game clip as well. 42.5% from the floor did shoot just 6.3% from three-point range, which is very bad, and 72.7% from the foul line. Now, again, that three-point shooting percentage is skewed. If you remember the first game, he went 0 for 10, I believe it was, from three-point range. Just, you know, it's almost like they told him, hey, we're going to work on getting the three-point shot as a part of your offensive arsenal. Go out here. You know, Summer League is the time to do it, right? So so go out and just let it fly. And, and whatever happens, happens. And it's Summer League, so if we lose, okay, it's not a big deal, right? So I can't really hold that against him. And, yeah, that, that completely messed up his three-point shooting percentage for Summer League as a whole. But – it's a thing where he can make the open shot, but right now it is not a part of his his arsenal, right? Like if he's going out there in a competitive environment where you like a, a must win kind of a game, and Kai Jones is part of your rotation, he's not shooting a three. I'm, I'm telling him, do not shoot a three unless it is just completely wide open, or or if it's you know you have to like end of the shot clock or something, and the ball is in your hands. Other than that, it's just not consistent enough to be a weapon for him. But I think it could get there. Again, he's a guy who I almost feel like he is a, you know, for all the negativity, all the bad that has happened with the Hornets in the past couple months. And again, we don't have to even go back through it, but you fire Borrego, you lose the playing tournament, you're without Miles Bridges, the the whole, the, the draft and trading Jalen Duran and not making moves in free agency, no big trades to speak of. You, you bring Steve Clifford back, whether you like that move or not. Kai Jones, to me, and whether this may not be totally unfair to, to the guy, but I think a lot of others view it in this way as well. He's almost like like a lottery ticket, and, and you're not going to know whether whether you won or not. Probably in the in in the immediate future, right? But he's a guy who look if you really did hit on this guy again, you might not know if you hit on this pick or not for quite some time because he's so raw. But he's a guy who, if you did hit on him, man, his, his, as Michael Jordan said once, the ceiling is the roof with him, right? So 
if you hit on Kai Jones, and we we're looking back, you know, five years from now, and he is the player who I who you know he's hit his ceiling as a basketball player. I think it'll be easy to forget all the bad that's happened in the offseason of 2022. Now, again, I'm not predicting that. I'm not even saying that's likely to happen, but there is a chance of that. How big of a chance, we don't know, and I don't want to put a, a number on it. But this is a guy, he's all upside, right? He's not a guy who is going to be a contributor at any point last year, probably isn't going to be a huge contributor this year. He's a long-term project, right? He's a guy who... You drafted for upside, did not even begin playing basketball until he was 15 years old in the Bahamas and just a hard worker, a great attitude, a great guy. And whether he turns out as a, as a basketball player or not, I can't hate on the pick. I mean, it was a complete upside pick. You get him there at 19 in the 2021 NBA draft, so... You know, again, I remain very optimistic on his prospects in the NBA, but it's not going to be this year, I think. I mean, I've kind of mentioned before, I think I think JT Thor has an argument to make that he's the closest maybe to to being an NBA contributor out of your 2021 draft picks. And that includes James Booknight, right? JT Thor has done some good things here in the preseason to this point. But Kai Jones, I think his ceiling is the highest of those three. His ceiling is astronomical. His floor might be pretty low though as well. So that's kind of the the give and take you have with them. That's kind of the the dichotomy, if you will, of Kai Jones. And that leads me into what I believe he needs to focus on the most this year. Now he's a guy who, again, the three-point shooting was very bad in the summer league. He's a guy who doesn't really have that consistent three-point shot down to this point, but what could he improve on the most, right? What is he going to be able to to really focus on and do well with this season, ladies and gentlemen? To me, it's this physicality. And whether that's something you can really even quantify or not, it's something where, again, didn't even play basketball until he was 15. He's still a very young guy. He's a very much a prospect at this point, just 21 years old. A guy who, again, when you think about did not play basketball until 15, grew up outside of the sport, growing up in the Bahamas, he's not a guy who came up in the AAU system and was working with the trainer and was on a weightlifting regimen, right? Like a lot of these guys come into the league. So, of course, he's further away from that ceiling than some of these other guys. So adding that physical element to his game where he can bang down low, right? And there's been the debates, is he more of a power forward? Is he more of a center? Whatever the case, he's going to have to have some physical element to his game, right? Like in the NBA, it's a physical league. No matter what position you play, one through five, you got to be able to at least, you know, put a body on a body. So adding that physical nature to his game, and again, that's not something that's really even easy to quantify in any sort of a way, you know, add X amount of muscle or average this amount of rebounds or this amount of blocks, but just adding that more physical aspect to his game, I think is really going to help him, right? Like we've talked about it, his comp, his ultimate ceiling. And, you know, I don't even want to call him like, you know, the light version of this guy, because that would be a disservice to the guy I'm about to mention. But you look at a guy like Giannis in Milwaukee and the transformation he made just physically, right? Like he's a man now right like obviously in age but like physically right and he came in the league he was the skinny kid from Greece Kai Jones coming in the league the skinny kid from the Bahamas and 
Giannis now, I mean, he is a handful of a force to deal with, right? And has been for multiple years now. Can Kai Jones not even get to that level this year? Because that's not realistic. But take the next step to being that ultimately at some point in the future. That's what I'm looking for for him this year. And that leads me into season will be successful if. And I went back and forth on this because he is the the guy who I think more than any other guy on the team, right? It is his role on this team is so up in the air because we don't know what this team is going to be this year in terms of, you know, they're going to compete to start off with, right? Like all the moves they've made, Gordon's still on the roster, Terry's still on the roster, you have PJ on the roster still, Kelly Oubre, Mason Plumley, you know, every everything that's happened this offseason to me just screams, hey, we're going for the plan again, right? So in that case, I'm not sure there's a whole lot of minutes for Kai Jones in Charlotte this year. But hey, maybe if Gordon gets hurt early this year, maybe you lose some games early on, and maybe you know we're sitting here in January or February and you just say, hey, this isn't working. Trade deadline, we got to make some moves. We're, we're pivoting to the future, right? We're playing for ping pong balls and we're opening up cap space for next offseason. Then Kai Jones, I think, is going to see the floor and potentially see the floor a lot. Right. So you look at that, his role in Charlotte, you, you know, again, very up in the air. But to me, he played 21 games last year, guys. I would love to see him hit that 30 game mark in Charlotte this year. And again, the minutes, whatever the minutes look like, if he can just be in a game on 30 occasions this year in Charlotte, to me, that's progress, right? Because that shows no matter what, whether if you're tanking, if you want to call it that, he's, he's probably going to blow that out of the water. And even if you're not, you were competing last year and he still got 21 minutes. So is it that unrealistic for him to get nine more appearances? I don't think that's super far-fetched of a of an expectation. So again, 30, 30 appearances for Kai Jones this year in Charlotte at the NBA level. That's going to be what I say is a successful year for him in 2023. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that'll wrap it up for the Kai Jones preview episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to this show, to this episode of the Bring This Thing podcast, guys. Thursday, the final edition of the player preview series is going to drop. That's the Nick Richards preview episode. You don't want to miss it. Tune in for that. It'll also be episode 70 of the Bring the Stink podcast. That sounds crazy to say. It's kind of hard to believe 70 episodes in the books, but I couldn't be more excited. Couldn't be more excited to get this season started as well. So keep it locked here. Got the Wizards game tonight. Got the Sixers game Wednesday night. So we'll be recapping those on the Thursday episode as well. So we will see you then. Until Thursday, go Hornets.